Hello and welcome to Leeds Live's General Election 2019 podcast. I'm Samantha Gilday and I'm joined today by two of our news reporters who've been covering all of the build-up to this year's election, which is going to be held on December 12th, the first winter election since 1923. Uh, So I'm here with Christian Johnson and Nathan Hyde and they're going to be running you through everything you need to know about the election, the competing parties and candidates and the different constituencies. So we'll be looking at themes including in which seats are considered safe, where the sort of election battle could really heat up um, and everything that you need to know before you go to the polls on the 12th. Um, So, guys, what can we expect from now until December 12th? We've only got a couple of weeks left. What's on the agenda? As we've seen so far, there's a lot of promises, a lot of debates, a lot of campaigning going on, you know, everything from... Um, the leaders going on TV talking about all their campaign promises and their plans for the country to you might have had leaflets through the door and people come to knock and trying to get you to vote for their party. Uh, so I think until December the 12th, we're just going to see a lot more of that at the moment um, and obviously a few more smears as well, maybe a few more attacks at each other. Um, but yeah, more of the same. I think as well there's a couple of really, really important seats in Leeds. So we'll see probably between now and December the 12th more visits from Jeremy Corbyn from Boris Johnson in particular Joe Swinton as well likely to to visit Leeds because there's a couple of seats which are really really close and they could go a long way to deciding who ends up in power uh, you know at the end of December. I mean we've had we've had some visits recently already haven't we we've had um, Jeremy Corbyn just a couple of weeks back came up to Leeds um Unfortunately, we weren't able to get there ourselves. It was quite a closed visit. Do you as think they you often might, are. Yeah. Do you think you might do something a bit more public as we get close to the election? I wouldn't be surprised. We'll come on to it later and, and sort of talk about what happened back in 2017. But there were some really high-profile visits, particularly from Jeremy Corbyn last time around. So I, I do think between now and December the 12th, we'll, we'll certainly be seeing at least one of Corbyn or Johnson, if not both of them, uh, back in back in a Leeds constituency. I think the Tories haven't made much of a secret about the fact that they're looking to target a lot of Labour seats up here, you know, a lot of the sort of Northern Territories that might traditionally have been held by the likes of Labour and other parties like that, you know, they're really going for them and that means, you know, bringing out your big hitters, bringing out your party leader and sending up, up here to try and uh, drum up some support. So, yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, so people need to keep an eye out then for uh, battle buses pulling up on their street. Um, Now, in Leeds, um, there are eight seats up for grabs. Can you explain why there's eight seats and how that all works, Christian? Yeah, so... Each constituency, which is made up of a part of Leeds, is is made up of roughly the same number of people. Uh, So there's eight in Leeds, like you say. What's important to note here is some people will probably think, in terms of the council election, it's going to be the same as that. But the wards, which are for the council elections, are very different to the constituencies, which are are for big general elections. So uh, we've got eight in Leeds, a stretch across to Pudsey, there's Elmet and Rothwell in the east as well. We go down as far as Morley and Outwood. Uh, So there's some sort of fringe areas around Leeds, which are considered to be part of Leeds constituencies. But everybody in Leeds, pretty much with the Leeds postcode, will fall within one of those constituencies, one of those areas of Leeds, which you will be voting in, and one MP will be elected in each constituency. So at the end of this election, we'll have eight MPs for Leeds. OK, and, and just to be clear, it's nothing... This election and its outcome, this doesn't affect the current council, it doesn't change who your councillors are, Completely it doesn't have any separate. impact. Completely separate. Just for parliamentary seats. OK, so this is just... Because I think... 
Well, I think it's assumed perhaps that it's common knowledge, isn't it? That everyone just understands what a constituency is, understand how the council fits in. But really, it's something, you know, people should be, whether it should be on the school curriculum, you know, because it certainly wasn't something I was taught in school. It's Yeah, it's something that I think people have got more interested in politics, but there's still a lot of people who are, you know, coming to it quite fresh with Brexit, perhaps for the first mm-hmm. time really getting engaged with it and, and, and getting to know what's happening. But all you need to know for this election is you'll be electing one MP in your area of Leeds, of which there are eight. Okay, and we'll have the full list of candidates for you at the end of this podcast, just so we can tell you who exactly is running where you live. Um, So out of the eight seats that are going up for grabs on the 12th, uh, four of them are considered to be Labour safe seats. Can you tell us what that means, Nathan, safe seat, um, and and where they are in Leeds? So... Traditionally, these seats will be ones that Labour will expect to win. You know, they'll, ex- they'll already have MPs in these four areas, uh, which are Leeds Central, Leeds East, um, Leeds West, and then Leeds North East. And, you know, they'll probably mark them up pretty early, expecting those MPs to be re-elected. Um, so, you know, for Leeds Central last time, Hilary Benn, who's been the MP there since 1999, so, you know, quite a while. Yeah, it's a he, long time. He won over 70% of the vote in 2017, which is, you know, a big margin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at the other three. So you've got uh, Rachel Reeves in Leeds West, uh, Fabian Hamilton in Leeds North East, and then Richard Bergen in Leeds East. And, and they each got over 60% of the vote last time. Um, so, you know, a, a, again, quite comfortable margins, and they'll probably expect to, to win them again. However, these may not be as safe as they were last time round, and Brexit's probably the big reason like that as we remember Leeds was split by the Brexit vote 49.7% voted leave and just over 50% voted remain so it's pretty much a 50-50 split and so you know many of these households many of these people that have traditionally voted along party lines who might have been Labour supporters um, you know if they are um, leave supporters that could affect their you know the way of voting um, as can a lot of things now so maybe not as safe as they were but if you're Labour, you're probably expecting to retain those. And we mentioned the visits that we're expecting from from the big party leaders. It's unlikely that they'll make a big push in those areas of Leeds because mm-hmm. they consider them to be safe seats. Certainly for Corbyn, we'll come on to the, the, the safest of the Conservative seats in Leeds as well. It'd be unlikely for Boris Johnson to pitch up there because... It, as far as they're aware, there are more sort of pressing matters in other areas of Leeds where they, they should and, and possibly could swing the vote. Yeah, so they're sort of seen almost like done deals, aren't they, really? They don't Pretty much. worry particularly. Although think... it's, it's interesting you mentioned the Brexit effect because obviously we know now, now that the manifestos are out that the Labour proposal for Brexit is to negotiate a new deal and then put it to another referendum. Do you think perhaps Labour voters that voted Leave might not go for that idea and might go, well, actually, no, I voted leave. I want to leave. I don't want to vote again. I don't want to slow it down any further. Could that potentially make these, you know, so-called Labour safe seats maybe not so safe? Yeah, possibly. I think from the candidates we've spoken to so far, obviously you have to take what they say with a pinch of salt because so many of them say it's been fantastic on the doorsteps. Everyone says they're going to vote for us, you know, even people who voted for other parties all their lives. However, a lot of them have said Brexit seems to be the predominant issue on the doorstep and more than anything, people are just sick of it. They're, you know, so tired of it. They just want to get it done, Mm -hmm. want to get it out of the way um, and move on. So, you know, maybe this suggesting another referendum and going through it again might not appeal to a lot of voters. 
obviously the Lib Dems are very anti-Brexit and they want to leave and then the Conservatives really want to push ahead and get the deal done. So, yeah, yeah the possibly. oven-ready deal. That yeah, I think something with this election is it's, it's so unprecedented, not just that it's a winter election, it's mm-hmm. just a couple of weeks before Christmas, which pretty much nobody's been alive yeah, for that. Yeah, nobody wanted that in their <laughs> advent calendar. No, no, yeah, it's very strange. And also the, the, the Brexit scenario at the moment it's just so unprecedented so we're talking about these safe seats and and you know Labour having a big hold of a lot of seats and Leeds the Tories having one as well but that's in in elections gone by when the political landscape has been nothing like it's been currently I think this time there might be a few shocks on the cards purely because of that. One that's going to be really interesting as well is uh, Leeds Central so as I mentioned before Hillary Benn's been there since 1999 and um Obviously, yeah, traditionally very safe seat, but he's also the chair of the uh, select committee for Exton the EU, um, mm-hmm. and he was also the one who spearheaded the campaign for um, one of the uh, withdrawal acts, which is actually known as the Ben Act unofficially. Yes, um, which, the one that scuppered Boris in Parliament when yeah, he was trying which, to get his deal through. You know, stopped it, uh, prevented him from leaving, uh, well, from the UK with leaving without a deal on yeah. the 31st of October. So, again, you know, if there are a lot of Leave voters in his constituency, that could, you know, possibly prompt them to go for someone else this time. And I think also with with Lead Central, it's got, or last time it had the second lowest voter turnout in the country. So of every single constituency in the country, of which there are hundreds, Lead Central had fewer people voting than anywhere else apart from one other constituency in, in the whole of the UK. So if people are getting more engaged in politics and this time round, yeah. that could that could possibly have an impact on the seat that Hillary Benn's had for, for 20 years in Leeds. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, could the, this be the election where the dormant voters come out in yeah. Leeds Central? Precisely. The other one, uh, moving away from Brexit slightly, which might be a relief to some people, is Fabian Hamilton's been in Leeds North East since 1997. So again, you know, very long time. Um, considered a very safe seat, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but obviously, so he, that's got a large Jewish population. Fabian Hamilton, who is a Jewish MP, whether people, you know, he has come under criticism from people who've said that he's not done enough to speak out against the Labour Party during these claims of anti-Semitism, you know, which have go, been going on for mm-hmm. several years. So, you know, whether they decide to, you know, um, really show him that they don't think he's doing enough by voting against him this time. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Other people might uh, also remember that there's been uh, there was a man called Amjad Bashir who's also standing in that constituency. He was the Conservative candidate, but um, the Conservatives have actually withdrawn their support for Mr Bashir. Uh, as I think it was earlier this month, last week, or maybe a bit earlier, um, a video emerged of when he was a UKIP MEP in 2014, so before he defected to the Conservative Party. He made some very controversial comments um, when he was speaking during a European Parliament meeting, um, and he accused rabbis and politicians in Israel of uh, brainwashing British Jews and said that, that the British, British Jews were returning from Israel um, as brainwashed extremists. So obviously, this has come out. There's a video of it still on YouTube. Um, Conservative Party were quick to say we're no longer supporting him. We're not backing him during this election. Um, but he w- he can still stand as a candidate because um, his, so his name will probably still appear on the ballot sheet. Um, but yeah, the, the Conservatives have said they're, they're carrying out an investigation um, and they won't be supporting him during this election. Um, 
so yeah, it'll be it'll be quite interesting. The other sort of big candidate there is John Hanna, the Lib Dem, who's obviously very vocal on social media, on Twitter. He's very quick to condemn Mr. Bashir. It's also worth saying that Mr. Bashir has since come out and said um, that he no longer holds those views. He's really sorry and he's agreed to meet with um, members of the Jewish community to try and sort of you know right those wrongs. Um, now we've also, I mean, obviously it's great that he's come out and apologised. He's been investigated, which is right. Um, he's saying he's now wanting to meet with members of that community. Do you think there's a risk it could be too little too late? You know, yeah. we've only got a couple of weeks till the election. This has come out now. Can he come back from this in time to give the it's Conservatives a The timing a good of it, like you say, is if this had come out two years ago, perhaps he could have healed some wounds. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. There's a big Jewish um, population in, in Leeds North East. So Labour have been criticised for their sort of... Uh, supposed mm-hmm. anti-Semitic views and, and not being harsh enough on that, but this has come back to to really bite the Conservatives and Leeds North East. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I don't think so, to be honest. I really struggle to see him, you know, winning that seat now, especially mm. after what's happened, but obviously it's it's completely up to the voters there. Yeah. Um, and just moving away from Labour safe seats, Leeds does also have what's considered a bit of a Tory safe seat with Elmet and Rothwell. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about that and what we can expect there? Yeah, so Alex Shelbrook is, is the MP there and he's he's sort of built up a bit of a reputation as being a, a really strong local MP, really fighting for issues among people on his doorstep, which a lot of people really value among their MPs. Uh, I think, you know, we see a lot of them down in Westminster, but for him to actually campaign for people on his doorstep is is, is a lot to be said for that. He's also the vice chair of the the Tory party, um, and he had a uh, 10,000 majority at the last election. So as much as we're talking about the the Labour safe seats, this is the safest by far and away of of the Conservative seats in Leeds. Also in that one that is quite interesting is there was a called John Lamond, who was um, the Brexit Party candidate, who was standing there. But as some of you may remember, uh, the Brexit Party announced that they won't be competing against the Conservatives in any of the seats that con- Conservatives won in 2017, um, you know, because they don't want to split the vote. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's what's been called a pact, basically. So uh, on the back of that, Mr Lamond won't be standing against Mr Shelbrook um, as a Brexit Party candidate. So, yeah, a- a- again, that's something that's quite interesting. OK, so those are the one down of the, <clears throat> the safe seats, ones where it's, I think, hoped that there'll be no change, particularly by the parties. They're hoping they've got those ones in the bag on election night. Um, obviously, that could all change this this year. But we're, today we're going to look at the... Uh, marginal constituencies in a bit more depth. So these are areas where, you know, it could go a number of different ways. There's everything to play for. These are the ones that the um, that the strategists and the, the campaign leaders will be looking at and going, OK, what do we need to do to win the battle for these seats? Um, so we'll start with one um, that has certainly been quite dramatic in the last couple of elections, which is Morley and Outwood. So, Christian, do you want to just tell us a little bit about why voters in this particular constituency should probably pay a bit of attention? Yeah, so the name that people will probably most recognise with Morley and Outwood has had nothing to do with politics for nine and five years now. 
Ed Balls used to be the, uh, the, the MP there, the Labour MP. Uh, he lost his seat in 2015 to Andrea Jenkins. Uh, she's reclaimed, she reclaimed that seat in 2017 and she is a massive supporter of Brexit. She's been mm-hmm. really vocal uh, about that ever since she came into power, really. Um, and she's been campaigning massively to get the UK out of the EU um, ever since she came into power in, in, in 2015. Um, her main rival, well, last time, should I say, she, she only managed to keep her seat by around 400 votes. So it was a really, really close vote last time round. Incredibly, uh, no, sorry, 2,000 votes was uh, in 2017. Uh, it, she won it by 400 in 2015. Mm. Um, so it's a really, really close seat. It has been for the last two elections. It's likely to be again this time round. And her main um, sort of rival is Deanne Ferguson from the Labour Party. And they're really, really opposed as to what they say is the main issue on the doorstep. Um, So, as I said, Andrea Jenkins is massively trying to get the UK out of the EU. She's a huge Brexit supporter. Deanne Ferguson, I spoke to her the other day for a a profile piece that is on Leeds Live now. Um, She was saying she spoke to 200 people in her constituency. She asked what the main issue was. Only four people told her that Brexit was at the top of the agenda. She said for most people, Brexit is way down the agenda and that most people in Morley and Outward want to see improvements to education, to the NHS, to transport. And Brexit is just sort of a byproduct of, of everything that comes before that. So it's a real sort of battle of Brexit against everything that isn't Brexit really there. And, you know, Boris Johnson's line throughout this campaign has been get Brexit done. That's been his main sort of Mm -hmm. slogan. That's certainly the case with Andrew Jenkins as well. For the Labour Party, their main rivals in, in this election, they're saying that that is not the case whatsoever. So it's a real sort of interesting one that it's quite polar opposites and it's, it's set out uh, like so. Yeah, I mean, could it be seen as a bit of a risky strategy as well? If you're, as a Conservative candidate, pushing that Brexit message, maybe not spending as much time talking about what you're going to do for the NHS, for schools, for, for these issues that I think everyone everywhere cares about, you know, pushing that, uh, Brexit line in a split city. Leeds was the fifty-fifty city. Yeah. You know, do you think that's quite a safe thing to do? It it could be risky. It must be said that the Conservatives have obviously got a lot of other uh, ideas in their manifesto of to course. improve the NHS and education, but Brexit is certainly at the top of the agenda. Um, I think a lot of people, when they think of Morley and Outwood, will think back to that clip of Boris Johnson. Uh, he made a visit to Morley and Outward before the election was announced actually uh, and he was on Morley uh, Morley High Street and he got confronted by somebody saying what are you doing here you should be in Brussels yeah you should, you should be, be going to should negotiate be negotiating a deal, deal. Yeah. and that clip sort of went viral it, it perhaps backfired a little bit for Boris Johnson he did have some support from from other constituents there but that clip was the one that really stuck in the minds mm-hmm. of a lot of a lot of people here in Leeds for that visit and across the country actually um so it's interesting that Andrea Jenkins has taken that line. She's always taken that line ever since you know the Brexit debate reared mm-hmm. its head. It could come back to bite her because it's such a close seat. And it, it really is. I mean, Nathan's going to come on to talk about a couple of others shortly. But this is really one to watch at this election because it's, it's so sort of polar opposites between yeah. Labour 
and between the Conservatives there are other people standing in the seat but they Labour and Conservatives are the two that have fought so closely for this seat over the last two elections and it, I'm sure it will be very very close again this time. It was a massive shock when Ed Balls lost his seat there it wasn't really it? Like was, it was a, yeah. You know it was obviously quite a popular figure there not well maybe not popular enough to win his seat back but um, Labour frontbencher, a very prominent member. So it's a but massive shock. There were only four hundred votes in it as well. So it's not like he lost by a large amount, yeah. is it? You know, um, and perhaps obviously that's the point worth making is that if you are in Mortley and Outwood, it is more important than ever that you, you know, make sure you're registered and make sure you actually vote on election day because if there's mere hundreds in it, yeah. you know, you having your say can make all the difference and obviously shape the future of of that constituency and and of the country as well. Absolutely. Um, okay, so that's Molly and Outwood. Uh, like I said, we'll read the full list of candidates um, at the end of this uh, podcast. But for now, we're going to look at another sort of battleground for Leeds. Um, this one is a very interesting case. We're going to talk about Pudsey. So, Nathan, can you um, share a little bit about the, the situation in Pudsey at the moment? Yeah, Pudsey's a fascinating seat. Uh, one of the most marginal constituencies um, at the last election. So, in 2017, it was won by just 331 votes, which is, you know... In the grander scheme of things, that's incredibly tight. Um, Stuart Andrew was re-elected as the MP there, the Conservative. Um, I spoke to him earlier this month, uh, obviously just about his election campaign. I asked him how he's feeling about it, and he was very honest. You know, He said, I never feel sort of overly confident. Um, he said, we're always up against it, was the term we used it. It's always been a marginal seat, and it still is that way. Uh, so he's up against a few candidates, including uh, Jane Aitchinson, uh, the Labour candidate, Ian Dowling from the Lib Dems, and the Yorkshire Party and the Green Party also standing candidates there. Uh, it's going to be incredibly tight again, and you know it's not just the the people who live in Pudsey um, who realise that it's going to be that tight. There's also you know the People's Vote have agreed to back uh, Jane Aitchinson and, you know, help her out with, um, provide some campaign support and actually a bit of money. And just to be clear, that's the... the, the cross-party group. Cross-party group who are Campa- very much against Brexit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're campaigning for another vote, uh, another referendum. So that sort of lines up, doesn't it, with what Labour are promising? So I suppose it makes sense that they're standing behind that because they're going to deliver essentially what that group wants. Yeah. And it's, I remember in the 2017 election seeing Stuart Andrew and it, it wasn't necessarily in the build up to that election Pudsey wasn't really seen as a seat that was likely to be lost by the Conservatives it wasn't necessarily a safe seat but it wasn't one that we thought would be close and on the night Stuart Andrew who he admitted you know he was really really worried yeah. that he might lose that seat and I, I'm not sure what the the swing was on the night but it was it was incredibly tight it's certainly the the, the smallest majority of of the eight lead seats isn't it yeah, and uh, as we said before, Jeremy Corbyn actually sort of paid a visit, you know, so um, to try and drum up support. So there's a lot of people who realise just how, how close it is, the fight, mm-hmm. especially between Labour and the Tories there. Um, interestingly, I mean, you, you often get this from candidates, especially the ones who, are, who aren't the incumbent, who are, you know, going for the seat. You find that they ha- have to sort of project this real confidence. But the Labour candidate seemed a lot more confident. She said, you know, I think we're going to win. I think Labour are going to win, um, which, you know, it's not surprising, really. Uh, but y- what they did say, so the the Labour, the Lib Dem and the Conservative candidate, they all said that they've been taking votes from other parties, that they've been speaking you know, to people who traditionally supported other parties but were willing to come over to their side. So we'll obviously have to see, wait and see how that pans out in the night. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, they're, they're polar opposite characters, really, as well, politically speaking. You know, Stuart Andrew, st- um, staunch Brexiteer. He didn't campaign ahead of the referendum, but he did vote leave. And he supported Boris Johnson's deal. And he's been, you know, making it clear to people on the doorsteps that uh, he wants to help us get out and leave as soon as possible. Um, and he'll support a deal and basically get on with it. Um, whereas, obviously, the Labour candidate's back in her party stance, which is hold another referendum, um, which will include an option to remain. So, you know, real sort of opposite. She's also, you would say, sort of a lot further left. Um, you know, she's sort of proud socialist, trade unionist. Um, very much aligned with Jeremy Corbyn's policies. Yeah, very much so. So, yeah, Pudsey's got um, a big decision on its hands, really. And I think if if we are going to see big visits from from the leaders, Pudsey's the one where it's most likely because there were only 322 votes in it in 2017. I mean, that's that's an astonishing number. What what do you think it is about Pudsey as a place that makes it such a sort of hot seat for, for general elections? I don't know, it's, it's difficult to say, isn't it? Because obviously Pudsey includes a few areas, doesn't it? You know, you've got like the likes of Carveley and Rawdon and, and places like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose with a lot of northern cities and stuff, you tend to see a lot of Labour voters who've traditionally voted along Labour lines for years and their family have voted along Labour lines. And um, But, you know, there's obviously a big core of Conservative voters in there well, as well. And what was quite interesting, so we covered the local election, not to be confused, this is for council seats. And over the last two local elections, the Conservatives have actually won all three seats in Pudsey. Mm-hmm. Um, they even... Um, out Richard Lewis, wasn't it? Richard Lewis, who was one of the most prominent local councillors, mm. uh, he lost his seat after a long time, and that was uh, a massive shock on local council election lines. So yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, if if we're reading into that on a on a wider scale, then that could perhaps give us a, an indication of the way the vote could go this time. But it's so close, so close. Yeah, definitely, and. It's also important to remember, I know we're talking a lot about Labour and, and the Tories here. Um, I don't have the statistic to hand, but they were saying about the share of the vote they got at the last general election compared to the share of the vote they got, that collectively got at the European elections. You know, there was a huge difference. So, um, especially in Yorkshire and the Humber, you know, and places like that. So we might see people who are increasingly more inclined to support maybe the smaller parties and, you know, back someone else and... But obviously, we're going to have to wait and see. Um. So yeah. So two sort of big battlegrounds there. Uh, finally, the third one we're going to look at is Leeds North West. So first of all, could you guys just sort of say where where is Leeds North West? If you live in Leeds North West, where are you in Leeds? Yeah. So Pudsey and Morley and Outwood, pretty straightforward. Yeah. As they to have the their names they cover. in. <laughs> Leeds North West covers uh, Headingley. Uh, covers parts of Hyde Park. Covers as far out as Otley. Uh, it covers uh, the likes of Cookridge, so it's the area. Um, well, leads to the northwest of yeah, the city centre. Geographically um, accurate. In terms of sort of big markers that are there and big talking points, there we'll come on to shortly. Leeds Bradford Airport is included in this constituency. Um, it, the incumbent is Alex Sobel, so he's uh, or he was a Labour MP. He won the 2017 general election ahead of the Liberal Democrats. So Greg Mulholland, a Liberal Democrat MP, held that seat for 12 years. Last time out, he lost that to Alex Sobel, who, who's been an MP for the last two years, his first two years as, as an MP. And I think that was a, a particular seat that 
talking about target seats, that's one that Labour massively targeted last time out. Um, there's a big student population in Headingley and parts of Hyde Park as well. And the Liberal Democrats sort of going back on their free tuition fees promise last time. Mm-hmm. Labour really capitalised on that. And, and Jeremy Corbyn made a visit. And honestly, there were thousands of students. It was more like a... Uh, a football crowd um, <laughs> watching their team sort of parade a trophy round. It was really sort of um, a, a groundswell of support there for Labour. And I think that was vital in them winning the seat last mm-hmm. time, a lot of students. This time, though, with it being just a couple of weeks before Christmas on the Thursday, a lot of students might have gone home. So that seat, although, you know, it's not as close as Pudsey, the makeup of the people who are there and who are actually voting mm-hmm. in Leeds on December the 12th will be very different to the people who were voting there back in 2017. So this is one to really look out for and how Labour are going to hold on to that seat if a lot of students who traditionally, as we hear, you know, did vote for Labour last time, if they've gone back home this Christmas, how are Labour going to hold on to that seat without those student votes? I mean, so it's it's... The example, isn't it? It's the constituency in Leeds where the fact that the election's been called for December could have a real impact. I mean, students can opt to vote either in their constituency where they live as a student or they one at home. So I suppose it's going to be a case of they either register and go, well, I'll just vote at home, wherever that may be. Uh, we know a lot of students for Leeds universities do come from down south. Um, well, and I think also over the UK, don't they? It's it's making that decision and even if half decide to vote in Leeds and half decide to vote at home that'll have a big impact yeah. mm-hmm. whereas last time the majority were pretty much in Leeds when the election came round because so, they're typically in May and June aren't they around the exam period around the time where you've got the students still in the city I think it'd be safe to say that Labour will really be hoping that um, expect, well that so many students who live there will be sticking around to cast their vote and I think we've not talked so much about the Liberal Democrats on this podcast because mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're quite far behind Labour and the Tories and a lot of these seats. But if they're going to win a seat this time round, it is Leeds North West. Yeah. Uh, I spoke to Ed Davey, who's the deputy leader of the Liberal Democrats during this election campaign. And he admitted to me that realistically, there's only one seat that they're going to win in Leeds, and that's Leeds North West. So they, they'll be putting all of their resources mm-hmm. into winning this seat and, and winning it back off Alex Sobel. Yes, Labour won last time, but Greg Mulholland was an MP there for 12 years. So he, Liberal Democrats have got a lot of traditional support in Leeds North West, particularly in Otley, actually. So I think they'll be trying to sort of drum up that support. Perhaps they were a bit lackadaisical last time. I, I don't know. But, that you know, they've certainly got a lot of support from years gone by and they'll be, they'll be trying to win that seat back. It was interesting that as well that they picked Leeds. You said you went to the event, didn't you, where, um, where Mr Davey was there. And was it that they launched the um, financial plan? They did, yeah, the economic um, plan. The economic plan. And, you know, to actually... It's like we were saying earlier, when they choose these places to go, it's not by accident. You know, they don't just um, randomly pick somewhere. There's a reason behind it. They've only got, you know, a certain amount of resources and people and manpower. So, you know, for them to actually pick Leeds is a place to come and launch. And then off the back of that, make a big promise for a mass transit system, which you might be groaning about because we've heard it before from various parties. But, you know, have that sort of specific um, promise. And also with the Lib Dems, um, notice that... They um they were very keen on devolution in their manifesto and they talked about um, helping to work towards a more devolved Yorkshire and um, possibly even like a Yorkshire parliament. Um, so, you know, obviously 
again, these are the, these are the kind of promises that you make to try and win over voters, you know, that, mm-hmm. as long as they line I, I up with you. I think especially transport. Yeah. Anybody that's coming up and talking about mass transport in Leeds is going to capture people's attention because it is... Oh, yeah, that's what people People want. see it as the single biggest issue we have, doesn't it? It kind of has a knock-on effect on everything else. I mean, you only have to look at... Not so long back when there was the incident at the Amadiratory and the city just shut down. You know, if someone's coming in saying we can give you a tram system or similar, they're going to get people's attention. And that's what the Lib Dems did promise on that visit to Leeds. And Leeds North West is probably the constituency which would benefit most from that. Um, in terms of transport, though, Alex Sobel has... I mean, the climate is, is is a big part of this um, mm-hmm. of this election. You know, all the parties are promising big big plans to to become greener as as a country. Um, Lee's Northwest, as we mentioned at the start of this section, has got the airport in it. And although you know we're introducing a clean air zone in Leeds, there's been a bit of sort of backlash with with the airport because Leeds are also looking to expand the airport, aren't they? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. Uh, for a lot of the politicians involved because obviously the airport, especially if you're in Leeds Northwest, you know, it's a massive employer. Most people there will either know someone or or even caught a flight from the airport. They know how important it is um, economically to the region and they're looking to double the size of the airport, double passenger numbers by 2030. But obviously environmentalists are dead against this because they say, you know, you can't um, reduce emissions if you're going to double the size of the airport. Um, especially with Leeds City Council that's declared a climate emergency mm-hmm. and it's also spent years drawing up plans for a new link road to the airport. Anyone who's been there will notice that access to and from the airport isn't the best in the world um, and they're looking to spend up to £100 million on you know building a new link road or even setting up a train station there. And obviously a lot of people have called them out and said, well, you can't declare a climate emergency and announce these plans to radically reduce emissions if you're also going to support the expansion of an airport, which, you know, all these planes rely on fossil fuels and will do for the foreseeable future and they're, they're big emitters. So that's a big one. Um, we have, you know, Alex Sobel hasn't come out clearly to say whether he's for or against the airport expansion, but he has been a huge supporter of Extinction Rebellion and, um, you know, he's really been pushing for um, the government to do more um, to reduce emissions. So, yeah, that's going to be another big issue there, um, I imagine, because a lot of people who live in Leeds Northwest rely on the airport. I mean, the plans as well... It's not that this issue can be avoided for the general election, but, I mean, the plans are still in quite early stages, aren't they? We're not at the point where the council has has shown some support for it and has heard from both sides, from scientists and from the developers looking to expand, but we've not had a formal application in yet. We've not had time sets for when this work's going to happen. It's all very much being discussed, isn't it? Yeah, I think as Nathan's saying... Nobody has to pin their colours to the mast on it just yet. I don't think so, but I think what Nathan's saying is, you know, Alex Sobel in particular has has actively campaigned for to reduce greenhouse emissions, and mm-hmm. and he's a big supporter of Extinction Rebellion, but he's not set his stall out on the airport, which clearly contradicts with a lot of what Extinction Rebellion yeah. uh, are sort of campaigning for. So I think there's a a, a bit of a contradiction there, um, and it, you know that could be a, a massive part in in this election if people are voting on green issues, mm-hmm. that could perhaps sway their vote. Yeah, especially big student population. You know, so many of them yeah, that's are obviously the other been involved issue, in Extinction yeah. Rebellion. Yeah, thinking about... We see all the young people that were have marched through Leeds on several occasions and, you know, 
while many of them won't be able to vote in this election, they won't be old enough. That was another one of the key issues they were calling for is, um, you know, to scrap the expansion. But it's also worth saying that the expansion is down to the airport, which is a private enterprise. So it finally, it will ultimately make the decision whether it wants to double the size of the airport. But without a link road, without, you know, a decent connection... It the infrastructure, doesn't it, from the council? They may struggle to do so because it's, you know, it's fine having a, an enormous airport and all these flights and stuff, but if all the passengers can't get there, then it's a waste of time and money for them. OK, so obviously lots lots to think about there. Definitely a few seats that are going to be uh, ones to watch on the night. Um, so that's our guide to the situation in Leeds. Um, obviously, over the next uh, couple of weeks, while we're still building up to that all-important date of December 12th, we will be continuing to um, provide updates on the campaigning. Um, so if you keep an eye on leeds-life.co.uk, uh, we'll have all of the latest election coverage there. And obviously on the night itself, we will be live from the First Direct Arena where this year's count will be taking place. Um, so that's our guide. Hopefully that's helped clear up some of the issues for you, particularly if you're living in one of those three sort of battle seats um, and I think the main thing is obviously use your vote, get out, make your voice heard. It couldn't, there's so many issues and so many things that play this year. Um, I mean, that's the other worry, isn't it? That perhaps a winter election, snap election, are we risking maybe some apathy with that? Are people going to be more concerned about Christmas and, and sorting that out than they are about going out to vote? Yeah, possibly, and that has been said. But like you say, I think this is arguably the the biggest, the most important election, certainly, of a, of a generation. Um, so it's it's so important that people, you know, people might not think that their vote counts, but we've mentioned some of the the, the margins in some Leeds constituencies. Every single vote will count this time round, and, and there's sure to be at least one or two in Leeds which are very, very close. Okay, fantastic. Um, so thank you, Nathan and Christian, for those guides. That was very informative. Um, just to finish off, I'm going to read out the full candidate list for the eight constituencies in Leeds. Um, so this is who is standing and hoping to secure your votes on December 12th. So starting with Elmer and Rothwell, we have Matthew Clover for the Yorkshire Party, speaking up for Yorkshire, Stuart Galton for the Liberal Democrats, David Nagel for the Labour Party, Alex Shelbrook for the Conservatives and Penny Stables for the Green Party. In Leeds Central, we have Hilary Benn for the Labour Party, Ed Carlyle for the Green Party, William Clouston for the Social Democratic Party, Peter Fortune for the Conservatives, Jack Holland for the Liberal Democrats and Paul Thomas, who is standing for the Brexit Party. In Leeds East, we have Shabab Adris for the Green Party, Richard Bergen for the Labour Party, David Dresser for the Liberal Democrats, Jill Mortimer for the Conservatives and Sarah Wass for the Brexit Party. So Leeds North East, we have Amjad Bashir, Celia Foote for the Alliance to Green Socialism, Fabian Hamilton for the Labour Party, John Hanna for the Liberal Democrats, Rachel Hartshorn for the Greens and Inea Iman for the Brexit Party. In Leeds North West, we have Stuart Harper for the Conservatives, Martin Hemingway for the Green Party, Cameron Hussain for the Liberal Democrats, Alex Sobel for Labour and Cooperative Party and Graham Webber for the Brexit Party. In Leeds West, we have Ian Cowling for Yorkshire Party Speaking Up for Yorkshire, Mike Davies for the Alliance for Green Socialism, Mark Dormer, who is standing for the Conservatives, 
Philip Mars for the Brexit Party, Rachel Reeves for the Labour Party, Victoria Helen-Smith for the Greens, Dan Walker for the Liberal Democrats and Daniel Whetstone for the Social Democratic Party. Now to Molly and Outwood and we have Chris Bell for the Green Party, Craig Dobson for the Liberal Democrats, Deanne Ferguson for the Labour Party, Andrea Jenkins for the Conservatives and Dan Woodlock for the Yorkshire Party speaking up for Yorkshire. And finally, in Pudsey, we have Jane Aitchison for the Labour Party, Stuart Andrew for the Conservatives, Bob Buxton for the Yorkshire Party, speaking up for Yorkshire, Quinn Daly for the Green Party, and Ian Dowling for the Liberal Democrats. So they are the, that's the full list of candidates for Leeds. Like I said, follow leeds-live.co.uk for the election latest, and follow our live coverage on the night. Thank you.